by the providence of God, we find ourselves in Hebrews chapter 2 again here this morning. So if you have a copy of God's word, turn to Hebrews chapter 2. And we'll continue our look at verses 1 through 4 here this morning. And this is a second part of the sermon. Pay full attention to Jesus Christ. Pay full attention. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And here, God's word to God's people for their benefit. Verse number one, therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, least we drift from it. Hence the by angels proved to be and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard it. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders, wonders, uh, wonders and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. This is God's word. Give heed to God's holy word. Now, last time together, we discussed in depth of the duty that we have. We, we saw that the duty, what is the duty that we discussed? The duty that we have before God in light of the gospel, God has given the gospel. He has spoken the gospel uh, in his son, uh, in his son, who he is, what he has done, even what the Old Testament has prophesied about the son. God has spoken in him. And because of this, the writer of Hebrews says, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard. Paying attention requires effort. It's, there's no passive, there's no passiveness to Christianity. That, that it, it, it requires effort and it requires commitment. And the author says this effort and commitment need to be to the truth of Jesus Christ. John Brown observed in regards to this, he said, truth must be kept before the mind. Remember, I talked about the, the, the truth and, 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 and holding to what we have heard, we to hold it and, and to put it in our mind, to meditate upon it. John Brown says, truth must be kept before the mind in order to its producing its appropriate effect. And remember Isaiah 55, what did God say? His ways, his word is, is, is not uh, our words. His ways is not our ways. Uh, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than, than our ways. God, God has uh, given us uh, the truth. And the truth is to, uh, 
to be embraced. And if we embrace it, it will have the appropriate effect, John Brown says, upon our lives. And he says, and how can it be kept before the mind? How can we keep the, the truth before our mind? He says, by our giving heed to it, by our obeying it. That is how we keep the truth before our minds. As we set our hearts to obey God, we, we think upon his truth, we meditate upon his truth. And as we do that, uh, with a heart to obey, it is always kept before our mind. I'll turn to Galatians chapter 2, just to give you an example of the Apostle Paul in, in his life. This is a familiar passage to you. And Paul says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 10, uh, verse 20, we're talking about paying much closer attention. This is what we we're this. This is our duty. This is what we're commanded to do in Christ. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And this is Paul's testimony about this reality in his life. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and the life. Notice Paul is he he is he is still living. He and he says, and the life I now live in the flesh. How do you live it, Paul? He says, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul, after salvation, lived his life for Jesus Christ. And that life was was built upon Christ and the truth about Jesus Christ. And so the author was telling is telling us here that we need to we need to pay closer attention to the gospel. We whenever the gospel is preached, whenever it's teach, we need to pay attention to it. Why? Because God is the source. God is the source of the gospel. The gospel didn't originate. Remember, the issue is prophets and angels. We, uh, the author has been showing that Christ is greater than the prophets and the angels. The gospel of, of God uh, saving grace in Jesus Christ, it did not originate with the prophets or with the angels. This, this is why it demands. God has spoken through his son and, and that demands our full attention at all times. Why the son? Why is it that, that we need to, to pay attention to what God has said in the son? Remember in Hebrews, we saw that God has spoken through the prophets and he has spoken in finality through his son. God has spoken to us in him. Remember God in his, in his infinite mercy, he, he sent his perfect son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to save you and me. I, God sent his son so that you might believe upon him so that you will be saved, saved from eternal damnation. That by itself, why wouldn't you pay attention to Christ? If, if, he, if, 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 if he is the one who is saving you from the wrath of God, it, it is Christ. It, it is the son who is the heir of all things. It is the son the, the Savior, our Savior, is the one who created all things. And, and not only did he create all things, 
He sustains. He is sustaining you right now. The, your Savior, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is the one who is sustaining you, whether you are a believer or unbeliever. Christ is sustaining you right now. You have life in your body because of the Son. Hear him, the, 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 the author is saying. Pay, you don't just, you don't go to church and just let what is being said pass by you. You don't go to church and turn your ears off to what is being said about Jesus Christ because your eternity is dependent upon what God has said through his son. The author said pay, he didn't just say pay attention, pay much, maybe you've been paying attention, but he says pay much closer attention to what you have heard. And what we are, we've we even been singing about, what we've been singing about is the Son, Jesus Christ. God has sent him to save us. This one who is the radiance, the radiance of the glory of God, the one who is the exact representation of himself. This is the one who the author says, pay attention to the truth about him. The one who upholds all things by the word of his power. The one who reigns over creation. Pay attention to him. It, it's, it's, it's him. It is Jesus Christ, God's son, who shed his blood. His blood, if you are a believer, it is the blood of Christ that purified you so that you can stand before a holy God. Pay attention to him. It is him who has purify us from our sins and he is set down at the right hand of the majesty on high he is worshiped by the angels he's served by the angels and he's telling these 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 hebrews who they they were they're they're, they're they were fascinated with angels some would say they even were worshiping angels the author says they're nothing in comparison to the sun. So give all your attention to what you have heard in him. Don't take it for granted. That's your duty. Phillips noted this. He says this. He says about Christ, quote, God's saving revelation uh, uh, culminates in Christ. All that God has revealed about the, his 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 saving grace it culminates in Christ and and for us as as believers we're to pay attention to this and and beloved before I go to our next point can I say you you say well why is it that the author is writing this to believers because sometimes we need to be warned Sometimes as believers, we need to be shook up out of our complacency. Sometimes we need to hear the warnings of Scripture. And, and for those who are true believers, when you hear the warnings, you know, it's almost like listening to Paul Washer. I don't know if you ever heard of Paul Washer. Go listen to him. You listen to Paul Washer preach, you'll be like, man, am I saved? <laughs> I mean, he, he preaches the gospel and, and, and you leave that sermon examining yourself. And 
And, and that is a grace of God, beloved. You, you say the preacher get up there and he preaches and 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 sometimes what he's preaching seems to be reaching into my heart. Well, it ain't the preacher. It's the grace of God. It is God in his grace trying to reach down into your heart and pull you out of your complacency, out of your indifference. And he does that through. He did it through his prophets and he does it. He did it through the apostles and he does it today through his preachers and his teachers. And he does this because the distinguishing mark of a true believer is that they hear and respond to truth. The the true believer hears the truth. They hear it and it brings conviction because they have the Holy Spirit indwelling them. It brings conviction. Sometimes they may not respond one Sunday. But they'll eventually respond because you can't sin and be content in sinning. You can't be content in walking and drifting away from Jesus Christ. A true believer hears the truth and responds to that truth. Jesus said in Mark 4 and 9, he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. There are those who God has given the ability to hear. And there are those who have not been given the ability to hear. But those who have the ability to hear are to hear and to respond. So pay much closer attention to what you have heard. Why? We saw that there was a danger. The danger is least we drift away from it. If you don't pay attention to what God has said in Christ in the scriptures, said about Christ in the scriptures, what, what, what God has said about Christ in the Gospels, you will drift. And remember, we said that drift is to, to drift is, is an example of drifting would be like a ship that is drifting away uh, from its moorings and, and from, from a place of, of safety. It's, it's, it's like a ship that is that that is supposed to be anchored. But the, the ship is 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 drifting slowly and slowly away from the pier slowly away from the one who owns it slowly away from a place of safety that's what this drifting is like and and we can do that in the christian life we we can we can we can we can drift and this drift is is gradual you know it's bounced upon it's slowly drifting you is it almost goes unnoticed and maybe some of you are drifting in your life and you may not notice it, but God know it. The word of God know it. And God will speak to that in his word. We, we, we're, we're drifting is almost like, you know, being careless, being careless with you hear the truth. And I, I, I remember before I came to Christ, being careless. I came to church and the last thing on my mind was the gospel. <laughs> the last thing on my mind was what the preacher was saying. I wasn't anchored. <laughs> Maybe some of you are not anchored. And that reveals that reality, that careless thinking that being preoccupied 
with other things or not just for unbelievers. We, too, as believers, can be preoccupied with other things. We can give attention more to other things rather than to Christ. And listen to F.B. Meyer. This, this is what he said. It gives them some wisdom. He says, quote, life's ocean is full of currents, any one of which will sweep us past the harbor mouth, even when we seem nearest to it and carry us far out to sea. It is the drift that ruins men, the drift of the religious world, the drift of old habits and associations, which in the case of these Hebrew Christians was setting so strongly toward Judaism, bearing them back to the religious system from which they had come out. The drift of one's own evil nature, always chafing to bear us from God that uh, to that which is earthly and sensuous. The drift of the pressure of temptations, end quote. There, there's always there's always, even as a believer, there are always things in your life that will tempt you to drift away from Jesus Christ. There's always things. There, there's always things that will cause you or tempt you to drift away. And the author says you must, you must put forth the effort to pay attention. Even some people can get bored with the gospel. You believe that? They can hear the gospel and just be, oh, this is, that's why you got you people today in churches where you ask them, why do they go to the church they go to? They say, well, because of the music. Because of the, the youth ministry. <laughs> Not because of Christ. Now, you know, I told you before, I'm tempted to say when somebody say that to me, well, I go to church because I go to that church because they got a, They got man. They worship. And I'm tempted to say to people like that, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that what draws you to church is the worship music. I'm sorry what draws you to church is the children's ministry. I'm sorry what draws you to the church, the, 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 the physical church where the people of God gather. I'm sorry if it's you got these community groups. I'm sorry. If that is what draws you to a church and not Christ. Because you can be, there's a point that even as believers, our love can grow cold for the Lord Jesus Christ. And many today, their love has grown cold. And, that, and that's, this is why this warning is to this church. It is to the, the people of God. This church is mixed the, in the, the, the Hebrew church is mixed with believers and unbelievers. There are those who, who profess to be true followers of Christ, and there are those who are not. And, and, and so the author is, is writing this to them. Remember, it, even in Hebrews chapter, 20, uh, chapter 10, verse 25, he, the, the writer warns them. He says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Why? Because there are those who are forsaking the assembling of themselves together with the saints who profess to be believers. And there are those who are not believers and they're all mixing in and the author is warning them. That you're that you're drifting, that, that you're drifting, whether you're a believer or unbeliever, you can drift. It happens even for us today. People are drifting. 
And, and again, this is a restraint of God. When God, when we read the warnings in Scripture, they are to they're they're means of God's grace to restrain us from going down the path of apostasy. God will not give us uh, up to be a apostate. One who and we, that's what the right he'll talk about that later on. Those who sit and hear the gospel over and over, and they may be even convinced that, man, that sounds good. That gospel sounds good, but they never make a commitment. And they continue to live their lives in sin. That's apostasy. And this is what the, the author is warning against, is apostasy. And so to go and pick up where we left off in our time together, Last week, let's look at verse number two. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable. This is this is the the quality of God's word. God word. If God said it. And he said it in in his word, then he 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 brought about whatever it was that he said in his word. Remember in in uh, in the Old Testament that uh, God spoke his uh, his word and and the authors of the New Testament said that it was the, the word was particularly the word of the law the the law that was given to Moses it was mediated by angels and that's what the author is referring to here the angels were highly uh, revered by the Jews. And, and so the author said that God's word spoken through the mediation of angels. It was to be it was God's word. It was to be taken seriously because God took it seriously. Every time the law was violated, every time the law was violated, regardless of who violated it, they had to be punished. And they were sub- subjected to the demands of the law. And, and, and this is what the author goes on. He says, in every trans disobedience received a just retribution remember when the people made the golden calf in exodus chapter 32 moses is up there getting the law he's he's getting the law he is getting god's uh, word uh, to his people and while he is getting the law the people are down at, at the foot of the mountain and they are sinning in Exodus 32, and, and they and and they uh, they got Aaron to make them a golden calf. And what was the what was the result when Moses came down? Well, God told them to take the sword, and there was three thousand people that lost their lives. It said three thousand men that lost their lives as the result of this sin against God. In Numbers chapter 15, verses 32 through 36, remember that there was a man who was gathering sticks on the Sabbath day. What does the Bible say? What does God command about the Sabbath? He said, we're to keep that, that we're to keep the Sabbath, to, to, to keep it and to keep it holy. There's a man who's gathering sticks upon the Sabbath day. And God commanded that that, that man be stoned. They didn't tell you there was no details. 
about, you know, what was going on. Obviously, this man's heart uh, was, uh, he, he chose to neglect the, the command of God to keep the Sabbath. God commanded he be stoned. So every transgression and disobedience received a just retribution. God was when God said don't do it and, and they did it, God punished them for it. We read Lamentations, right? We went through Lamentations. What is Lamentations all about? It was all about the people of God disobeying God. They disobeyed God and the consequences of the disobedience had come upon them. God, God brings about the consequences that he says he will do in his word. And so this is this is the law. This the law. God punished people who who broke the law. And notice in verse three, it says, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation, a great salvation in a sense that that is is greater than any salvation that God had brought about throughout the Old Testament. And notice that the author here, he includes himself. This, he says, if, if those who violated the word of God given by angels, these angels gave God's word and, and there were those who disobeyed and they received earthly punishment. What will happen to those who reject the great salvation in Christ Jesus? What will happen to those who hear of Christ and neglect to respond to it. Will, will, will they escape if those in the Old Testament who broke God's law was punished? Will those who turn from the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ, they turn away and, and, and neglect to respond to that salvation? Will they get away with it? <laughs> the implication is, is there is no escape. How shall we escape? There is no escape. There is no way to run away or avoid the danger of God's wrath if you neglect Christ. If you neglect Christ, there is no way of escape for you. And neglect here is to be is to have no concern for or to have no care for or to, to have no interest in Christ. And we're surrounded by people like that in the world. They just don't care for Christ. But if you profess to be a believer, and, and, and this is your attitude that you neglect Christ, woe to you. And remember, we, uh, this same word, neglect, is used in Matthew chapter 22. Let's read that again. Matthew chapter 22. We read this last week. Matthew chapter 22, the same word is used in, in verse 5. And this is the, the parable of the wedding feast. And I start reading in verse 1. It says, I'm in, a par in parable saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast. We, we read in uh, Isaiah 55 how God invites us to come and to to partake uh, of that which will satisfy us. He says, 
the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast. But they would not come. And he says again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who are invited. See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves uh, and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. And here's the, the same word that is used here in Hebrews, which translated neglect. It is used here in verse five. But they paid you hear, no attention and went off. The opposite of paying full attention is to neglect. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his farm. They, they were busy. They, he said they, one went to his farm and another to his business. Here it is. The king is inviting them to, to this, this, this wedding feast and they paid no attention to the invitation. They went off. They, they had other things to do. That's that's what it means to to neglect, to 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 know about Christ. You've read your Bible, you've heard the gospel, and 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 perhaps you never responded fully to the gospel. You're neglecting a great salvation. Phillips notes again, he says, in action and spiritual things is fatal. One need not be violently opposed to the message to suffer loss. One need only drift away from it. End quote. You don't need to be out there saying, I hate God. I hate Christ. He's, Philip says, all you need to do is just drift. You can hear. I remember growing, once again, I grew up in church. I heard the gospel in one shape, form, or fashion every Sunday. From a little boy all the way to a, even beyond my teen years when I joined the army, I was about 20, I was about 25 years old when God saved me. And from the point when I was raised up in church all the way to when I was about 25 years old, I heard the gospel over and over again. And what did I do? Didn't pay attention. I neglected. I heard it. Oh, that's for somebody else. My mom asked me, boy, did you go to church today? Yes, ma'am. And I was lying to my mom. I didn't even go to church. Neglect, ignorant, willfully rejecting the knowledge of Christ. I grew up listening to Billy Graham. You know, Billy Graham was a hard. He preached the gospel. That's one thing that he did. He preached the gospel. And I remember sitting in front of the TV watching Billy Graham. And not even giving my heart. It was entertaining. Neglect. Neglect. I I brushed it aside. I dismissed it. I had my own. I like playing basketball. That's what I went. I went and I was playing. I hear Billy Graham. Next day I'm out playing basketball. That's my focus. Neglect. Dismissed it, turned away from it. And perhaps there are some of you that are doing the same thing. You're turning, you, you, dis, you hear the gospel, but you leave church on Sunday and you go home and it have no kind of impact. That's a great salvation. 
Listen to what the Hebrew writer says in Hebrews chapter 10. I don't like to look forward, but I'll look forward in this instance. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29. And here he says, how much worse? Talking about those who uh, uh, set aside the, the law of Moses, didn't give heed to it. They died without mercy, uh, verse 28, on the evidence of two or three witnesses. Notice verse 29. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has, listen to how, listen to how he, he, he visually gives us a picture of what we do when we don't respond to Christ. Even as a believer, we, we can, I mean, this, this, just to think about this, it shakes my heart and makes me run after Christ. He says, the one who has trampled. Can you imagine? Trample underfoot the son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the spirit of God. You believe these things, but yet you turning away from Christ. And he, he this author compares it like to just trampling underfoot. Christ is under and you're just stepping on it. Upon Christ. And maybe some of you are doing the same thing. And the Lord, and this is, he's giving evidence now. He said it was, this gospel was declared first, at first by the Lord. The, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he, he came and he preached the gospel about, about the, that he is the only way to have salvation. He is the only way that, that no one can, can come to God except through him. Jesus said, I have come for this purpose. For this purpose, I was born. For this purpose, I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Jesus and his, his message and the way that he lived and, and who he was bear witness to the truth that he is the only way to God. So it, the writer said, it was declared at first by the Lord and it was attested to us by those who heard. The, the apostles heard the Lord's teaching and pre they were with him uh, uh, on, on a daily basis. And they had heard what he said uh, uh, in reference to the gospel, and they proclaimed that same gospel. They recorded his teachings and miracles in their gospel. Verse four, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders, wonders and various miracles, and by the, the gift of the Holy Spirit uh, distributed to, according to his will. God wanted the, the people to know that the message that the apostles proclaimed was the same message that Jesus brought, and he confirmed that with miracles. He gave them the same miracles that even Christ himself performed. And so the author is building his case that the gospel is spoken in the Son. It was proved through the fact that the Son preached this gospel. The apostles, they preached this gospel. And the, 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 they, uh, they were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were sent by him. So pay attention. Pay attention. The, the author saying everything is, is true about the gospel. Be consumed with it. 
anchor your soul in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Prioritize the gospel of Jesus Christ. Prioritize the study of the word of God. Prioritize the prayer and, and praying before a holy God. Make these your priorities because when this is your priority, your anchor will hold firm. Your anchor will hold. And if you are a believer here today, maybe you're spiritually drifting. Maybe you're spiritually drifting because of inattention. You, you, you're not really, you, you're not really intentionally not paying attention, but, but, but you're in some way, you're not giving all your attention to Christ. You're preoccupied with other things. I say to you, ask the Holy Spirit to, to take the truth of Jesus Christ, to, to take the truth of Jesus Christ and, 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 to, and to give you such a love for the Lord Jesus Christ that, that you will not give yourself to being complacent. And, and if you're not a believer, Maybe you're like those who are they're intellectually, you know, they 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 are intellectually convinced. Maybe you you hear like, yeah, oh yeah, Jesus. They ask you like, who is Jesus? He died on the cross, and and you're intellectually convinced by it, but you've never anchored your faith once and for all in Christ. You've never said. Once and for all, Christ is the treasure, is the treasure above all treasures, and I embrace him. Maybe you've never done that. Maybe the fact that, that God in his love gave his son to the world and you, you just didn't pay, you paid that no mind. But, but listen to John 3.16. It says God gave his uh, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. There are consequences to how you listen to the gospel. If you neglect it, if you step on, you hear it time and time, you come to church time again. You like, I can tell you what the gospel is. I can tell I heard it. I heard from for years. I heard the gospel. I can tell you what it is. But you never did anything with it. The writer Hebrew saying what you're doing is you're taking it and you're putting it on the ground. And you're stepping on. it. You're stepping on Christ. Can you imagine that? Beloved, I hope you respond. I hope you respond. Let us pray. Lord, you gave your life so that we might live. You gave up heaven to come down to the earth and walk among those whom you created to receive 
their rejection, to be sped upon, to be ridiculed, to, to have nails put in your hands by the very creature that you created. They put nails in your feet. They put a crown of thorns on your head and they did it out of hatred. And, and these acts are representative of our sin, all of our sin. We would have done the same thing if we were there. We would have crucified you. And yet, Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ chose to come and to give his life for us, to, to go through those things for us. And even for us who are here today, who have never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, to be serious about following Jesus Christ. We're in that crowd. We're in that crowd saying crucify him. Crucify him. You say I'm not there. I, I'm not there. I, I didn't. I wasn't there to put. But you sinned. And it was your sin. That caused our Lord to suffer what he said. He suffered because of your sin and mine. This reality should shake us. And for those of us who are believers, who have trusted in Christ, who have saved us from our sins, we should be giving our utmost for him in everything we do. He should be, Christ should be, uh, and faith in Jesus Christ should be uh, reflected in every decision, every act that we make. Because our salvation is so great. Father, I thank you. Even on this Sunday, we we didn't have the, the uh, things to that was normal, but we have Christ. <laughs> we have Christ to rejoice in, and and maybe this is a, a a test for us as your people. When when we're troubled as your church, will we respond? Will we continue to worship you? But we continue to praise you. Father, I thank you for the spirit that that is was with us today and everybody that was singing with their heart. That is a reflection of their love for Jesus Christ. And I thank you for that. I thank you that 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 this church is the church that you have called me to serve. Bless your people. Bless them as they desire to serve you with all their heart. They didn't complain. I've heard no complaining about things as the way the way that I complain. <laughs> but I haven't heard any complaining from your people. Thank you, Father, for that. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.